0: I explained to him that when my mother saw I came out, she shrieked. Actually, she screamed. Her shriek, scream, reverberated at such a high frequency that my heart stopped. Her, MD had to give me electrocardia shock treatment. That was how it was brought into the world. My parents used to say how much of a strain I was on the heart. Self-analytically, I'd say that I was a troubled child, a child who seemed to get into trouble. Some time ago, eight, nine years ago, I was taking a look in a family photo album. There was a picture of me being held by my grandfather. He had a big smile on his face. So did I. I asked my parents why he was smiling. They said that he was telling them that he had another fool on his hands and also a regurgitator. I always thought of myself as a good kid. What? Define good? Should I say the first thing that comes to mind? Well, say it again, this time I'll be ready. This isn't the test yet, is it? Good. Never mind. But I was just getting started. Well, as I was saying, I was a good kid. I was good at school. I kept the class entertained. It was easy. I would sit there and pay attention to the teacher. Sometimes I would lapse. The the class would start to laugh. The teacher sent me down to the principal's office. Once there, the secretaries took one one look at me, and they began to laugh. That I didn't understand. My fly was it. I always checked on that. The principal would call me into his office, and he'd say, young sir, have you been disrupting the class again? What are we going to do? I said, send me back to class. What can you expect? I didn't know that it was a rhetorical question. I hadn't had fifth grade English yet. We sat there for 10 minutes or so and stared at each other. The next thing I knew, I was suspended. I explained the situation to my parents. We were sitting there and then the principal started to laugh. And then he wet his pants. I told him that he needed a diaper. My father sneered. My mother teared. They didn't think it was funny, yet they burst with emotion and sent me to my room until I decided to stop making people laugh. But as usual, they were hypocrites. When they had company over, they would let me out of my room, and for some reason everyone had a good time. But once the fun was over, back to the room it was. I had a library of books in my room, mostly hand-me-down fairy tales of my sisters read most of them. The ones with pictures anyway. Okay, now the question. How is it that Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, Snow White, Little Red Riding Hood, Rapunzel, and all the others have some French Charming come and save them, huh? I don't understand. Well, it really doesn't matter now, and it really didn't matter then, because I knew that the question was rhetorical. So what I did was, I tied my hair to my bedpost, draped myself out the window, and in four and three quarters months time, my hair grew long enough for my feet to touch the ground. I cut my hair and I ran off to New York City. See, you do learn something from reading. Ingenuity, invention. What did I do to maintain myself while living in New York? I found work at a restaurant. I was a busboy. It wasn't a fun job, right? Boring, actually. To make time travel, I would read in between cleaning tables. What? Cleaning, busing, there's no difference. There is? Well, Mr. Ph.D. OED Thesaurus, since you know so much about word choice, tell me, how did the word busing evolve into the restaurant business? Good answer. As I was saying, I would read in between clean, bussing tables. The book was on self-hypnosis, an easy read. I instructed myself to sleep while working in order to capitalize on my nocturnal activity. My boss thought that I was suffering from narcolepsy. I told him not to worry. I told him that I was suffering from acute epilepsy. I was fired on the spot but I didn't mind because that job was in a dead part of town anyway. What I wanted was to experience the avant-garde. Fortunately, I had saved three and one third years worth of pips, which was enough to go to 8 NYU. Bus fare was only a buck. To find, to maintain myself, I found work at a hip joint across from campus. I had eaten there before, and the buffalo hips were my favorite, but the chicken fried hips ranked right up there. I'll admit, it was the fine cuisine that interested me in this particular fast food chain, but it was the method of advancement that influenced me to apply. On the entry level, I would start off as an associate chef. The region supervisor, the one who interviewed me, said that if I lasted two years, I could earn my full chefship. and if I lasted five more years after that, I could earn my tenure. I figured, what the hell? Even if I don't make it all the way to my tenure, at least it would look good on my resume. Besides, the waitresses thought I was real cute. It's true. Before I worked there, when I ate there, I would stick one of those red and white straws up each nostril and do my mammalization of Wally the Walrus. It always knocked them dead during lunchtime when I was in the sixth grade. The waitresses would say, oh yeah, real cute. Sounds predictable? Well, get this. After one week of working there, the waitresses were already hitting on me. Where, Where's my order? I knew they liked me. How did I know? I remember what my father told me when I was very young. He said to me, son, when you get older, and when it concerns women, this is as good as it gets. Believe me, but don't slap the hand that feed you. Just tell her her hair looks funny. The waitresses had to take only one look at mine. One of them said, You cotton swab head looking motherfucker. I decided that I wanted to become a director of film. ANYU had this work study program and evening courses. Fortunately, I had spoken with the instructor and he seemed to have a benign attitude. After one week of class, he was sure that I should become an actor. He said I had a lot of energy, a lot of passion, a lot of expression that shouldn't be wasted. I immediately refused. See your reaction, he said. You're instantaneously, spontaneously, emphatically dexterous. I will no longer discuss this issue. I pleaded. Let me explain. My parents sent my sisters and I off to summer camp. We told them we needed a break. There was a midsummer show, and the counselors, the ones who didn't make it into the Peace Corps, decided that they wanted to put on the play The Wizard of Oz. I was chosen to play the role of the witless scarecrow. The only problem I foresaw was that I was going to have to memorize the lines. But the counselors informed me that a script in hand was fine for the moment. The first few days of rehearsal were spent by the counselors discussing the idea that they all were going to direct the play. The next few days were spent by the councilors bickering who was going to direct the play. On the last day, they rested and smoked a quarter pound of pot. At the start of the new week, things went a little bit more smoothly. When the play worked its way up to my first lines, this is what happened. Dorothy, will you... Please take me off this post so that we may go down the yellow brick road to see the wizard. No, 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 no. no. I want to see more energy, more passion, more expression. Dorothy, will you this post, so that we may go down the yellow brick road to see the wizard? No! More! I want to see dexterity. I want you to have it. Bring it to life. Now look, I've seen the Wizard of Oz three times and the Wiz once. I know how to play the role. Knew it, ham it! Dorothy? <laughs> Will you please take me off this post <laughs> so we can go <laughs> down to Brick Road to see the wizard? The director stormed around the campsite, talked to his superiors, and made phone calls. The next thing I knew, the happy camper van pulled up and I was sent home for insubordination. My parents said to me, Son, I hope you now understand why we don't let you out of your room. You just don't know how to act. My instructor disagreed with me by saying, You can act if you have the right direction." is experience, a pathological experience. That is the route to good acting. This is what you need to do. Go home, make a list of your 10 most expensive habits. Stop doing one of them. Record your activities for a week and bring them to class for discussion. An excellent idea. This was going to be real avant-garde. I knew it. So I went home and I sat down and I made a list. Smoking topped the list. I smoked at least a carton a day. My clothes reeked because of it. The first few days of my pathological experience were spent hard at work at the hip joint. It wasn't until the fourth day that I realized some changes in my patterns. That evening, Thursday evening, I went out for some drinks. I was sitting in and at the bar trying to get the tenor's attention. Some smoke wafted my way. I began to crave smoke. I shot down a double kamikaze. I turned around to check out the activity going on behind me and what I saw. Oh, what I saw. She saw what I saw. And she saw that I saw. She suggested Cigarette. I sat there as she drew in. She exhaled and I took her in. Her date saw what he saw and I saw that he saw. He whipped down his cigar and the next thing I knew, I stuck down his too. The people in and at the bar saw what they saw, and they began to chain smoke. And then I realized. I realized that I was second-hand smoking and enjoying it. Disgusted, I left from and out the bar. I ran down to the corner store and spent my laundry money in a carton of filterless cigarettes. I went home and washed my clothes in a bathtub, and I smoked that carton with vigor. The next day I was feeling a little apprehensive about the experience that I was supposed to report. I sat there in class, nervous, sweating in flight. My instructor called upon me. My experience went well the two students sitting beside me began to look at me in a strange way. I told my instructor about my smoking habit, but he told me that that was the wrong type of experience. He said that I should have stopped using my credit card or something like that. I told him that I didn't possess a credit card. He yelled at me for five minutes. One of his lines was, Well, how are you going to pay for this class, you no-good fifth-rate bum? But by that time, I was distracted by the phone coming from my armpits. I muttered something, but he bellowed back, What do you mean you forgot the rinse? I tried to pretend like nothing was happening, but to no avail. The class began to squirm, and someone shouted, Watch out! He's frothing! He's rabid! Run! The instructor must have been in this situation before, because he reached into his back pocket. Pulled out a pair of handcuffs, cuffed my hands behind my back. The ambulance came and brought me here. Excuse me? What am I going to do now? I don't know. Have I learned my lesson? I didn't know that I was in class. Oh, is that rhetorical? Well, I know I'll have to get a job, and I can't stay in New York due to this misinterpreted mishap. I'll just move on and find something else to do. Find something I can handle. Did you say, what about responsibility? Hey, look, I'm not looking for any gifts. I just don't want to get hooked into doing something I don't want to do. I'll earn my responsibility, my piece of the pie, and if I can afford it a scoop of ice cream on top. Afraid? Afraid of what? Fear itself? No. I've been working all my life, which is no different than anyone else. I'm just trying to keep my back from up against the wall from off this uncomfortable couch. Can't save the world. Not going to delude myself and even trying. Life is difficult to cope with, even though it's easy to spell. L I V E. Life. I will only have to know one thing no, not how to spell. me at one point then I will have to challenge myself to get to the next point and that's not easy because the metaphors are mixed. I'll have to prepare myself for when I fail and be prepared for when I succeed and maybe maybe I'll be sitting where you are maybe I will earn my PhD. I'm going to think of it. Maybe there is something I'm afraid of. Fifty, sixty years down the line, I will have settled down, and my metaphors will have cleared. I will have had kids, and my kids will have had kids. And I'll be sitting where you are with a pad and pen in hand and getting paid for it. And I, I will have to listen to some adolescent jackass who refuses to grow up shoot his mouth off.